Welcome to the Business of Online Teaching Podcast. This is your host, Johan. This podcast goals are to help Udemy instructors get to know each other and be part of this vibrant community of online instructors. We will invite Udemy instructors, whether they are already successful or on their way, and we'll get to hear their successes and failures, learn their strategies, and learn how they are making money on Udemy. And we will be able to turn our passion into a sustainable business. If you're already an instructor or planning to become one, this podcast is for you. Today I have an amazing guest. His name is Dennis Smith. Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Johan? I'm doing great. Uh, it's nice to have you on the show. Um, now, I don't know if you guys have not heard about Dennis Smith, but he's everywhere helping everyone. He's on Facebook, on the Udemy studio all the time, answering questions and helping people out. So if you've never heard of him, you definitely are not hanging out at the right places. So Dennis, um, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit of your background, uh, who you are and how you ended up starting doing all this online teaching stuff? Sure, I can do that. Um, it might take the entire uh, show, <laughs> but, but I can certainly do that. Right. I, I, I um, basically, um, I live in Idaho. And when I was younger, I spent some time living in Seattle. I used to work in retail, uh, retail management. And I've been around high tech stuff pretty much all my life. My mom used to work for Hewlett Packard. And even I've worked for Hewlett Packard myself. And okay. I um, have always had an interest in technology. And of course, with my customer service background and interest of, in helping people. And when the downturn in 2000 happened, I ended up moving back to Idaho. And it seemed like most of the jobs, because I didn't have a college degree, even though I had taken some college classes, were call center jobs, but still jo you know, something where I was helping people and all of that. And around that time is when Facebook had first started appearing, you know, and I had been on Facebook since like 1997, I believe. So it's been, was it? On Facebook? You said on Facebook, right? Uh, been on, wait, what year is this? 2007. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, Facebook wasn't around in 1997. Um, so anyway, I started on Facebook and you know, some of my friends started joining, and so I would help them out with the questions that they had. Mm -hmm. And I decided to write a book on social media. So I wrote a book on how to promote your business or cause using social media and started selling it. So that was my first um, time selling a digital product online. And so I did that and I did a couple of additions on that because we know that with digital products like that and social media especially, it's always changing. So I continue to write new revisions from that. But I wasn't really making like a lot of money from that and I had, in the meantime, I had lost my job. Uh, the economy started going bad, moved in with my parents and so started thinking about ways that I could make an income. and so. Uh, fast forward to 2014 on Udemy. Uh, I found Udemy in 2014 and said, hey, if I can write a book, I guess I could do uh, courses too. And I actually had a course already created and came across Udemy through a friend of mine 
who is from Idaho, but she's a digital nomad. Her and her husband travel. And she had a Twitter course, and that's how I came across Udemy. So I started putting my courses up there, and here I am today. Okay, so if I understand, um, did you have any experience with um, video and you know and recording yourself live or not? Because you know it's not easy to just start on Udemy and and, and not having done that before and just you know and yeah. be able to push put something there. So tell me a little bit more about how you ended up creating those courses. I actually had stuff on YouTube uh, because I like to. Uh, I've had a smartphone for quite a while. Um, took a trip to Florida several years ago and had my smartphone it was like a motorola droid and stuff like that and so you know with facebook i've always had an interest of sharing what i was doing so i would upload those videos to facebook matter of fact last night in one of the groups that i belong to i shared one of my first videos which was a spillway at a dam here in idaho that was a few seconds long and a lot of people have viewed that video on youtube so i also had started doing some AdSense stuff. So I was making some a little bit of money from those videos. So, you know, I started thinking things like, well, if I only have X amount of videos and I'm making this much money, then hypothetically speaking, if I double the videos, then the income should double, double, double way, right? Yeah. Too. Yeah. So I had already been doing some of that and shooting some like how to videos to share out on Facebook to show my friends how to do something because it's always interesting that on Facebook, you know, one of my pet peeves is when somebody in the U, uh, the Udemy studio uh, to follow something discussion, they type in the word following. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. You just go to the upper right hand corner of the discussion, click on the arrow and you can get notifications. You can turn them on. So I would do things like film a video on on how to do something like that for my friends or people who were following me on YouTube. So I already had some experience with recording videos and doing screen captures and things like that, which you're definitely going to need to do when you're doing Udemy, including like doing things like talking heads, which right. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of a, uh, talking heads because there's always been that discussion of like, you know, talking heads that uh, students like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, if you've seen me once, you've seen me enough, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> so you you know, don't it's not bringing any value to see your face on the screen, you know? It, it might take even the focus away from what you're trying to show. Definitely. Yeah, exa exactly. Unless you're doing like some kind of discussion or something right. like that. You don't have to show step by step. But, right, but, but you're yeah, showing that's... stuff online, like, you know, like maybe a slides or even a screencast of something that you're doing, right? Hands on, sure. on the computer. So definitely having your head doesn't bring much value there. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like how, you know, I started doing that stuff and then it kind of transpired into what I'm doing on Udemy now. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, you also have to think that at the end of the day, we all just humans and we're genetically programmed to look for a face, you know, um, like to look for these two eyes and mouth. And that, that's what our eyes are looking for. And I guess we're, we're more drawn or pay more attention to to, the, to the, the screen because your your little you know your, the screen has your face somewhere in the corner. I know it's mm -hmm. just the way it is, but we gotta do what you gotta do. You yeah, yeah. said it themselves. Yeah, they've seen the difference in uh, in uh, in numbers and uh, and user engagement. Whenever you put uh, just a little, uh, I guess we say blobhead. Is that how we say it? Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting too is that um, 
this reminds me about a review that I got a couple of days ago because my reviews in general are usually four and five star. Okay. And I got a two star review from somebody and it was in a different language. So <laughs> I transcribed it with Google and it basically was saying that the instructor doesn't show their face in the video. And I'm like, huh. seriously, it's like uh, when I mean, for me, it's like when you give a review, you're giving a review on the quality of the material and the presentation and not because you didn't see the instructor. I mean, right. I, I could you see wanna, like you want to judge somebody... the content, not yeah, not the, yeah. the, the person or something that's you wanted. That's that, and that's that has nothing to do with the course itself. Yeah. So I thought that and, and I was just like, you know, because sometimes like some instructors like and I have before in the past when I've had a one star review, just ask them like, you know, did you did, did you mean to do that? Because there have been situations before in the past where somebody's accidentally clicked on the wrong star. And so I just basically say, hey. Thanks for, you know, thanks for leaving a review. I noticed that you left me a one star. Um, did, you know, did you mean to do that? Or or like, is there something in the course that I can improve? Uh, you know, if you could take the time to give me some feedback, I certainly would appreciate it. But in this situation with that, uh, it's just like sometimes you just have to move on and just, you know, think about like, you just use that like as a recommendation because there is a course that I released that I totally forgot to do talking heads in the course. Mm -hmm. I was just so rushed to get it done. So, Yeah. Plus, you know, it's not like everyone can have a talking head in the sense that um, if you've seen on Udemy Studio, some people are recording literally in their bathroom or in their garage, right? And yeah, <laughs> and it's not something that you might want to show on your, you know, on your videos. And the reason why people are doing this is that they're trying to find a spot in their houses that's away from their family or their screaming kids or, you know, or the cars out, out, outside. <laughs> so you have yeah. to understand that people are here to, you know, not everyone has a million dollar recording studio in their own house. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because like where I'm at right now, Tell me. I'm in, I'm in my bedroom, which is near a road and it's not that noisy right now. In the in the night, uh, at night, it's pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. But I live with family who, uh, my parents live in Arizona during the winter winter months here. So it's just me. So now is the time to think about doing some recording. But you know what's interesting is that a town nearby, actually Boise, which is uh, the largest city in Idaho, has a new uh, a building. Uh, development that they did that has like a, a recording studio that anybody in this area can use it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yes, you know that's, that, that's actually great. And yeah. uh, I wish Udemy would do something like this for at least you know there you know maybe a top thirty percent um, you know producers there because you know it is a big deal. It it does make a big difference. Uh, it, it does, yeah. And, and also maybe have somebody professionally helping you there. Um, now I do also teach on uh, on uh, Linda and. Um, and we don't do anything at home, you know. It's all in house there. Um, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a different level of production, obviously. But um, what? Um, let's talk about reviews. So we we did bring up something great about reviews. Is that um, I just wanted to throw it out there. Was someday in one of my courses, I just got a one star review with no explanation. And you know how it is. Um, the problem with uh, with Udemy, but it's not just Udemy. It's mostly how it is the whole system online. Is that Reviews are extremely important in the sense that if you have a hundred five-star review, life is good. As soon as you have one or two one-star review, 
it can totally break your product or your service or your business. I'm not kidding, guys. People are actually looking for these one-star reviews. And I'm like this myself, you know. I'm like, oh, you know, everybody says, as long as everybody says everything's okay and good, five, four, five stars, that's okay. But people are looking for these one-star reviews. And I personally took it personal, you know, when I had this one-star review. And I, I went to look at what the person said and there was nothing, no explanation. So I looked for that, that, that guy. And guess mm -hmm. what? There's this problem with you, Demi, is that this guy asked for a refund and you cannot even message the person and you cannot even see the progress in your course. So I didn't know if the person actually even took any class, any lectures in my course. So I didn't even know if he was really, if he actually, uh, you know, watched my course, know, know what happened there. And I didn't know anything that happened. And this one, so the person leaves, but the one star review stays. That makes no sense. Yeah, it, I it, it has no values to, to me. Yeah, I just move on with that kind of stuff because with my book, it's the same thing on Amazon. You know, I right, have five, exactly. I have five star reviews. I had maybe a couple of two star reviews or whatever. But if if somebody's like me, when I go and I buy a product online like Amazon, I look at the the one stars, uh, or I I kind of look at the middle and stuff like that, and. If there's maybe a few one stars, but there's more four and five stars, then I know it's more that individual that left the review has issues and it's not like the product in general. So you kind of have to take some of those with a grain of salt. If there's more four and five star reviews, then it's usually the reviewer that has just maybe a bad day or something like yes. that. And um, on top of that, some people are, you know, some students are asking so much out of your course, you know, like they literally, mm -hmm. you know, like they get the course for maybe like $10 and you make, you may, if you make $2 out of the course, out of this person, that, that that's, you know, that's, that's pretty much how it is. You know, people don't understand. They think that when they give you, they, they pay the course for, uh, you know, if your course is at $100, they think that you're getting $100. No, that's literally not true. When, when a student comes in the, the course, um, most of the time there's going to be a promotion running and it's up to you if you want to run promotions or not but if you don't run promotions you know that um there's not going to be anyone coming in your course you know maybe one person a month if you're lucky so you have to be in the udemy promotional system and you definitely want to be there however you have to understand that when there's a sale uh, udemy takes at least 50 percent and if it's if it's with an affiliate you only get um, you know, 30% out of it. So sometimes you may end up with uh, a, your core that's $99 that sells for $10 and you make a $1.25 out of this. So um, some, you know, some numbers, you may see that some courses have 5,000 people in it and you may like, oh, this, um, this, um, this instructor is making a killing on Udemy, but it's actually not true. And many, many times you, you sell out free coupons. So um, I wanted to say that, um, I, I kind of forgot my thread of thoughts now, but <laughs> but what yeah. I meant by that is that um, the whole system, you know, reviews are very important to be able to get more people in, and um, and people are expecting some, some students are expecting too much from these courses. We cannot give so much value in a course, you know, like you can't expect us to put uh, all our knowledge in one course. You know, mm -hmm. we have to break it down in multiple courses to have different stream of revenues. So maybe we can make a dollar or two out of you for one course and maybe another course and so on, right? Out of the student. How do you do that? Do you have like one big course and then a few small courses? How do you split your courses? Because from what I understand, you have seven courses as of um, uh, early 2016, right? Yeah, I. you know what? I don't specifically just focus on Udemy because I've got a lot of other things 
going on, on. Okay. like, you know, with writing a book to uh, the and we'll probably talk about this later on in the uh, conversation. I have several websites that I work with the Udemy affiliate marketing. So I work with Udemy instructors plus offering gigs on Fiverr. So that's one of the things that I always like when I talk to people about Udemy is that you can't rely on just Udemy alone. And there are other platforms that are out there. So I've got seven courses. I don't necessarily uh, have a flagship course or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I just kind of teach what I enjoy, what I'm passionate about. So over the years, like I've, you know, we were talking earlier about Facebook and social media. Well, then I got into email marketing and WordPress, which I, you know, have an extensive background in WordPress and developing websites. And I don't specifically have a course on developing uh, WordPress websites because there's a lot of courses out there on Udemy. So I kind of try to find stuff that not a lot of people are teaching or take it and teach it differently. So, you know, a lot of courses on WordPress, how to set it up. But yes, what, about, what about marketing with WordPress? Uh, you know, using it to build your uh, following by email marketing and putting your courses on there or offering uh, coaching services. So there's many different things that I do that, that uh, revolve around uh, Udemy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. That, uh, I was just finishing my thought. I was like, <laughs> no problem. I, was like, I went quiet. Did we lose the connection again? Yeah. Nope, so, we still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for you. <laughs> okay. Now, what I wanted to ask you is that um, you, you brought up something uh, very interesting, and I want people to understand that. Um, Udemy is great and definitely um, 2016 will be even better if, if you have courses on Udemy. Definitely, they're bringing so many people and it's going international, global. You know, they're bringing people from all over the world and, and they're really pushing that. But yeah. like you said, um, don't put all your eggs in the same basket type of thing, right? And that's, right. that's what you're saying. Is like Udemy would be one great stream of revenue, but this is the 21st century and it's not like you have a brick and mortar business where you have your, you know, your mom and pop shop and that's all you need to survive. Nowadays, if you want to be online, you have to be everywhere at the same time. I don't like to say that I want to be everywhere because let's be honest, it's very hard for one person to be everywhere. It's almost impossible. It's, it's, it will take a toll on you. You will, you will suffer from it one way or another. Your family will suffer from it. Some, something, will, something has to give. So, uh, but like, you know, like, like you said, Dennis, you are uh, also on different channels such as uh, Fiverr and uh, you have some affiliate programs. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your affiliate programs? Like how do you do affiliates with, uh, with Udemy or other instructor courses? How do you set this up? Well, I mean, I've been on Udemy since July of 2014. So one of the first things that I did was uh, I noticed that in the Udemy studio that instructors were asking, like, my course is published, what do I do next? And we have to realize that a lot of the people who are coming to Udemy are people who are, you know, some of them are already teachers. That's what they do for 
a living. Mm -hmm. And so they've discovered Udemy. And so they want to put a course out uh, in their area of expertise. Right. But it does make not... sense because, you know, they're already teaching that. So why not just put it on videos and, you know, and try to create a revenue stream out of this, right? Yeah. And they're not experts in marketing. So one of the first things that I did was started doing some research and found some of these places that allow instructors to post coupons because Udemy allows you to discount your course accordingly if that's what you want to do. And so I came up with a list of sites that were uh, available for instructors to do that. Well, then I started thinking because, you know, I've been doing some affiliate marketing stuff before, you know, but nothing that really brought in substantial income. So I started thinking about, well, if these people have coupon sites out there, why not me? Mm -hmm. And so I created OnlineCourseCoupons.com uh, over a year ago okay. and started, you know, because I built relationships with instructors, started having them submit their coupons for their courses to the website and signed up for the affiliate program, which is done through Linkshare and started generating income. Uh, by promoting other Udemy courses. And there's a lot of instructors out there who do that. And then, you know, about a year later, I started thinking, well, hey, um, I have a Kindle book and I see people out there doing Kindle promotions for a dollar. So I came up with the idea of onebuckcoursecoupons.com. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, onebuckcoupons.com, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah but anyway, make, make sure we have it right. So one buck yeah. coupons dot com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, sorry. One one buck courses dot com. One buck courses. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that, that makes sense. Still, okay. It's still early here, and I had one and cup. Of I like coffee. the name because it's not you know it's not like bound to just Udemy. It could be on any other platforms. I like that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you really. Um, you, you can't really use Udemy right. anyway. Definitely in not. Yeah. Name, technically, sure. and I've seen that, but we know that that's not. Um, something that somebody can technically do. But anyway, so I um, I started doing that and it's grown to almost 600 courses that are listing. Now, the biggest challenge for me, you know, you were saying like, you know, as an individual, there's only so much that you can do and you can use tools to manage your time or or manage your social media and stuff like that. But as far as the website goes, you know, I can submit the coupons and stuff like that, but as far as keeping the site um, where the coupons aren't expired, because we know that the coupons can expire and Absolutely, things like that. Yes. That's mm -hmm. just one of the biggest challenges that I have is is yeah, is going back up, right? getting yeah. rid of those. Yeah, but I can go to a website like Fiverr or whatever and hire somebody to do that for me, which is you know what I'm going to be doing next. But there's I have a list of like things that I need to do, and I just kind of you know, check them out as I go. Okay. Uh, yes, definitely that delegating task. And you bring up a good point. I like to talk about, the, you know, delegating things. Now, um, I'm not thinking about having you hire somebody full-time to, to help you out. But like you said, Fiverr is a great way to delegate some tasks, something that um, you can get for 5 or $10. And, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, it might take a couple hours of your time and help you do something that you, you wouldn't need your skills to do that. Now, have you ever thought about hiring um, a virtual assistant or have you ever hired someone to help you in any way? No, you know what I haven't at this point and the thought of a virtual assistant always crosses my mind. But then 
the problem with a like a virtual assistant is that you either have to have crossed that threshold where the income allows you to hire somebody to do that or if by doing that is going to be um what's going to help you generate even more income right so so i'm still thinking about that like how i want to do that because you know sometimes like you know like with fiverr or something like that it's specifically set to to pay somebody five dollars or you know maybe a little bit more but i almost feel guilty sometimes um paying somebody that because i'm a firm believer and livable wages, especially like here in, in our country. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. feel like that Americans make enough to survive. And so myself, as a business person, if I'm going to hire somebody, I want to make sure that I'm compensating them fairly for their time. So I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Yeah, I understand your point, definitely. Um, so you have to find like this this balance where you feel comfortable and and know that it's not going to affect your business you can obviously you cannot hire somebody for 20 30 50 dollars an hour definitely you, you won't make any money with your business and and that won't help on the on the on the long term because if you cannot make a living yourself then you're not going to be able to hire anyone so you need to find this you know this right balance in the middle where everyone is happy now the reason why i'm bringing uh, bringing this up is that um i talk to other instructors and uh we um the majority of people are in the same boat in the sense that um everyone wished they could have somebody to help them um but uh the majority of time they're not in that position where they would want to hire somebody full time or maybe part time um and um so i thought i've i've already uh, i i do have a virtual assistant myself that i have part time that i use for udemy and for mm-hmm. other things as well you know, like email marketing and things like that um, now I did talk to uh, other instructors, and I said that I would I would share this virtual assistant, but I still have yet to do it. However, um, the way I have it set is that every time I, I do a, a task, I don't just uh, write it down. I actually create a video lecture out of it, and I have it on my website. You can already check a few of uh, these tasks on iOS online courses uh, slash delegate tasks. You can take a, a look. There's a few of them uh, that I posted there, um, mm-hmm. where. You know, like sometimes you can just get a, a virtual assistant somewhere and you can tell them, okay, listen, um, go ahead and do this task at this URL and do it for this this specific course and do it for the next five days or something like that. Because um, one thing with Fiverr or, or some other businesses, uh, you know, some online places where you can actually uh, get virtual assistants is that they might not know what, what you want exactly. You know, they might be used to do Facebook marketing or Twitter marketing or, or you know, like maybe... Uh, an email campaign or things like that. But what we're trying to achieve, especially with Udemy, is something very specific, you know, like maybe going in a course, um, adding um, adding some some discussion in a course, creating an educational uh, announcement or promotional announcement for you, you know, so it it's not something that people, any virtual assistant already knows from scratch. It's something that you have to teach them how to, to do. And um, yeah. And uh, so that, that that was one of my main problems. And I know that other instructors are in the same problem. You know, they have the same problems. They, they're like, do I have to go through the whole process of hiring someone and then teaching them everything that has to go around my business and all these things? Um, mm-hmm. but- yeah, I think it's also like trust too, because, you know, it's like for my affiliate marketing stuff, I've been talking to another instructor who's a friend of mine. And, you know, you were mentioning like some videos and I thought, well, Maybe I could create a video and show them the process mm-hmm. of how I take a link and turn it into a, 
a nice looking link and then plug it in here, save it, that type of stuff. So that way it would be really easy for them to learn the task, you know, that I want them to do. Mm -hmm. But then I also have to give them login information. Now with LinkShare, I can give them a specific type of login. Exactly, yes. They can be some I kind of like your employee where they have only a specific, they can only access yeah. a specific area of your uh, affiliate uh, dashboard. Yeah, and my website, same thing with WordPress. You know, you can do that. Excellent. But um, I just, you know, I just don't want to give uh, too much access to some of that stuff until you really know that individual um, because it's dealing, you know, sometimes it does, um, it could affect financial stuff and you don't want that to happen. So you just have to, I guess, maybe be, I don't know, overly cautious, but just cautious. Yes. And definitely, especially if you're trying to, uh, if you need to share your credentials on, on Udemy to be able to send promotional announcements or anything like that, um, you know, uh, people have access to, um, to, you know, to all your financial data and you know and, and mm -hmm. accounts and things like that so definitely mm -hmm. trust is one of the main issues and you're not the first one to bring this up um so definitely that that's one of our pain points and i wish that uh, udemy would understand that and understand that you know now uh, people have been teaching on udemy for two three four years now and uh, they arrive to a point where it's they cannot be you know they cannot produce content and do the uh, all the everything that goes around producing content, you know, the marketing and business side of things, and that people need to delegate us. But uh, there is, we need a system to be able to do that, you know. But and it's it's a system that needs to be on Udemy itself, not you know some some kind of like a, a back office for for Udemy instructors. Now, yeah, I, you go ahead. You had mentioned like doing announcements and stuff like that for you, and that um, you know for something like that, somebody doesn't really necessarily need access to. Um, your Udemy account because you can have them create the announcement as a Google Doc mm -hmm. and then when they're done you could just take that and copy and paste that um, you know right into, yeah definitely Udemy. definitely yeah. I thought about that but now uh, that means that you have to you know you have to go there and do it yourself so it's not completely automated or hands-off type of thing no but no but it doesn't take but that definitely long that's right it, it would only take a two two or three minutes out of time to you know uh, yeah. copy and paste it in, in in the promotional announcements definitely yeah mm -hmm. but there was just one example of out of others you know but definitely mm -hmm. like you say trust is definitely uh, an issue now Question: um, Since you know so many instructors, have you done anything like uh, co-authoring, you know, co-instructors type of thing, where you would uh, create a course with someone else? I, you know, what I haven't at this point because um, with with something like that, I would again, it goes back to not necessarily trust, but if I'm going to do a course with another instructor, I I want them to be uh, on the same level as I am with the topics that we're teaching because I see a lot of instructors who uh, will teach a course with another instructor and they have no clue about the topic that they're really teaching that they're basically just putting their their um, name on there mm -hmm. and, and I personally have a big problem with that that I don't think that Udemy should allow uh, instructors to co-instruct and just put their name on a course because I've seen that happen where somebody all they do is they basically do an intro to the course and they're nowhere else to be found in the course for me a true co-instruction course would be somebody like you and I like maybe I would teach the first two 
lectures and then it would go back to you teaching the next two and then back to me and that we both equally kind of know uh the topic that we're teaching but maybe your strengths are a little bit different in certain areas of that topic than my strength so i haven't found something like that yet that's the only way that i personally would do a co-instruction course if it were done that way okay i see um yeah definitely um and i know exactly what you're talking about i've seen that and uh uh, and that reminds me of what I've seen once in a course. Um, it was this person that was just at the, like you said at the beginning. He was doing the teaching, you know, like mm -hmm. a little bit, and then next thing you know, he he's like he sent us to uh, some podcast that he did with some other guy, and you know, it's like it's not even new content. It's just some some content that was already there on the net. He just put it in his course, and that that you know, and just fills up uh, one or two hours of the content, and and. Um, and you know, I, I, when I, when I saw that, I felt I felt uh, played. You know, I felt like uh, <laughs> no, definitely, I felt like yeah, it, it wasn't bringing anything to like. Why did you do any course out of this if if it's to bring some free content that's already out there online that you already have for free on other websites, things like that? Um, yeah, that's how I felt. But um, yeah, and so, I imagine how like somebody who is not a Udemy instructor would feel. I just don't think that that's a good. Um, uh, experience for a Udemy student, so yeah, definitely. So instructors out there, please, uh, if you want people to be fair to you, be fair to them. You know, provide them really exclusive content, something that uh, you know, think out of the box. Especially online, uh, um, as you may probably know, I'm also um, an instructor, part-time instructor uh, in a college here in Miami, and um, oh, yes, uh, and I did that before Udemy itself. Um, and what I wanted to say is that. Um, there's something great about online teaching, especially on platforms like Udemy, is that you can do things that you cannot do or cannot teach in any um, academic institu institution. For example, uh, uh, I'm teaching uh, Unity programming, which is, you know, like making games using uh, some kind of an engine. And I can do some really fun activities, you know, like re reproducing some, some, some scene from a movie or a, vid or, a, or a video or a song and do it with video games something that you wouldn't be able to do on uh, you know on at school because it needs to be more academic it needs to be more to the books and and there's all these new things that you can do it could be a lot more fun and more and closer to the um, closer to the student something mm -hmm. that you cannot do uh, in in a real college or university out there so i believe that many people are not using this to uh, in their favor you know they have to understand before even creating a course they have to understand Hey, this is an online platform. It's not an accredited college or university. They have to understand that. That um, that that's what people are looking for. If they're looking for a course, to, a college course, they, they go and take it in college, you know. Or, uh, and here, it needs to have a different flavor and you know, different feeling to it. What do you think about that? Um, I yeah, I mean, because it's. I mean, those are two different teaching, are actually just two different, uh, are different teaching environments. Um, so, you know, I've taught like in front of uh, about how many people? 30 mm -hmm. people. Okay, and, full classroom, okay. Yeah, so, and I've, you know, spoke in front of people and stuff like that. So I just, I just think that, um, you know, even though, I, I just think the platforms are, are different. So it just it, uh, teach accordingly. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, now I'm going to go into something completely different. Um, it's just that uh, I've seen that you have free courses and paid courses. Um, is there any reason behind that? Or is that because your free course you know, is just too small, not enough content to make it free? Or is it a, a way to hook people in? Or is, what's the reason behind your, your, your free versus paid courses? Well, it used to be that you could hook people in with uh, free courses with Udemy um, because you could, you know, after so long, you could take a free course and you could switch it to paid. Mm -hmm. But but with a free course, you, you can't cross promote uh, to those students in the free courses anymore. And if you do switch it uh, to paid and then decide to switch it back to free, uh, Udemy basically now warns instructors that they... Uh, would lose the ability to send out promotional announcements. And I can see the reason why uh, for that. But with one of those courses, it's my Udemy course marketing. I just decided that um, to take one of my full-blown courses and take out some of the content mm -hmm. and give a free version to offer people uh, the option to take a, a a starter course, if you know, for lack of better words, mm -hmm. and be able to use that to learn some stuff about marketing their courses on Udemy. But I can't send any messages to them and say, hey, if you like this course, by the way, I've got this course here that's got 50 ways for you to market your course, and it's only X amount of dollars for you right now since you're a student in my free course. I can't uh, do that, but I can still market that course in different places. And if somebody happened to take that starter course and liked it, then they see that other course uh, offered for, let's say, $9, then there is a chance that they would enroll in that course. Now, you can use the bonus lecture, uh, which if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with it, just put in Unimi bonus lecture into Google and it'll bring up their policy on that. And the bonus lecture just basically allows you to put pretty much what you want, including coupons to your other courses or maybe even a link to your um, you know, website so that you can build your mailing list. Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, like I said, like um, say if you like this starter course, I've got this course here that gives you 50 more ways so you can do that in the bonus lecture okay. even on are you free... doing that for from your free course to your paid course you know it's one of my things uh i, I can't remember off the top of my head okay. uh, because i i put bonus lectures in there and i'm pretty sure with that one that i have but i want to go back and do it a little bit differently because over the last few weeks i've learned some stuff that other instructors have been doing Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to go back and, and redo those and clean them up a little bit. One of the things that uh, some instructors do is take a screenshot. They they go to udemy.com and go to their course page okay. uh, in incognito mode because if you if you know you're going to already be subscribed to your course, so you're not going to see the landing page that a, a student might see. Yeah, it'd they... be different. As a teacher, you're going to see a different yes. landing page than as a student, definitely. Especially if you're a student that already registered to the course, it's going to be different than if you're not registered. That's right. Yeah, and there are ways that you can view that. If you, you can go in and there's like a toggle that you can view it like they would view it. But I just go in incognito. And then I use something like TechSmith um, Snagit. 
Okay. And then you can do a screenshot. Well, what showing, do you do with it? Yeah. Showing the price discounted, let's say at $9, and then use that in your bonus lecture to put some visuals in that. And some some of the instructors use that in their um, announcements that they're doing, the promotional announcements, because it's a little more effective to use a little bit uh, visuals rather than just all text. But, um, you know, sometimes people say that all text works, but I think uh, you need to mix it with just a little bit of the right visuals. Yeah, I see what you mean. And I definitely, I want to try that. I'll try that for a few, uh, for maybe one or two of my courses. That makes sense. You know, we, we are visual people and uh, there's nothing better than actually showing what, what people have to, you know, like that, you know, it's like, hey, it's only $5 instead of $100 by taking this coupon code. And, and definitely having it on the screen helps a lot than just saying it. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. Yeah. And that's something you would put in a bonus lecture. Definitely. That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I still wonder, like um, I had one course that was for free and I'm planning on doing a course for, for free, you know, like a smaller type of course. Um, but I'm trying to figure out what's the, what's, what's the value that I would get as an instructor by putting the course for free, you know, like besides that bonus lecture where I could just pitch my other courses. Well, they're getting to know you, too, because you have to remember that there's a couple of things that um, people are getting to know um, who you are as an instructor. So a free course would get them or give them the ability to sample what your teaching style is, mm -hmm. um, you know, right, get well, more familiar with you, how um, you present yourself. Uh, the other thing is, is that I like I totally like <laughs> <laughs> forgot my other thought with that. Okay. Um, oh, your 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 social proof because you're adding students. So right now I have over sixteen thousand students. So when somebody goes to my course, my paid courses, and they're looking at that, that's pretty powerful. If I put that in the landing page, that over sixteen thousand students are learning from me, mm -hmm. and so that might get somebody to say, you know what. I will take this course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see your point. You know, if you see 16,000 students and then on another instructor, you only see, you only see uh, 10 students, then yeah, that mm -hmm. definitely makes, you know, it, it's a no-brainer. You'll go with the one that has so many students because, you know, 10,000 students can be wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter if this, if they're taking, uh, you know, like X percentage of that is taking the course for free. That person isn't going to know that. All they're going to know is that 16,000 total students are taking classes from me or the particular course that they're looking at has 2,000, 3,000 or whatever. Because if they're going in and doing a search on Udemy.com for WordPress marketing and they see my course versus another course that has uh, five reviews and um, maybe um, you know 150 students, versus 23 and 2000 and the price is close to the same mm -hmm. they're going to pick the one with more students and more reviews just that's how it is yeah definitely so what you're saying is that if especially in your area of what you're teaching you know there's lots of competition here so um if somehow you have a course that's very similar to someone else's course and you just happen to have more students or more social value than than the other instructor and people would tend to go to get your course than uh, the competitor's course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Combined with the landing page and the video, if you've got 
all of those, you know, everything's firing on all cylinders, then you've got a better chance of somebody enrolling in your course. And that's just the same thing with anything, with like Amazon. When I go and I search Amazon and I'm looking at specific products, I'm looking at several things to see what other people are saying, looking at pictures of the product, you know, and mm -hmm. making my decision based on that. Yeah, definitely. Um now, I want to go in a different subject because uh, I, I got you here mostly to talk about what you've been working on or what you're actually working on right now. So um, mm -hmm. um, you are an author and uh, let's get more into it. So what have you been doing? What is the name of that book that you're working on? And what is it all about? My book that I'm working on right now? Yes. So I um, came up with an idea because um, when you look at like what people are doing in the studio, people are commenting about, um, you know, how much like where they've hit a milestone with Udemy with income or with students. Um, I took a couple of trips last year. I live in the Pacific Northwest. So I went to Crater Lake. I went to the coast. I went to Seattle to visit some friends. I explored places that I have never been. Okay. And that's all because of the income that I've been earning on Udemy, uh, which, I mean, isn't like an extremely large number at this point, but it has potential uh, because I know people who are earning really good income on Udemy. And that's something that I want to remind people is that it's different for everyone because we're teaching different types of courses. My topics are totally different than some of the coding courses out there that somebody might be making a lot of money because that's a very popular topic, but not a topic that I have a lot of knowledge in. So I decided to write a book called Udemy Life, and I've interviewed instructors, some of the top instructors that are out there and some instructors that um, are still maybe struggling or not making as much income, but still have a story to tell. And so I've been working on that the last several months and and hopefully we'll have that out by February as well as the video interviews for people to see that kind of stuff and see what it's like to teach on Udemy, the whole experience. Kind of what we're talking about right right now. I mean, we're talking about my experience, but I as a writer have gone further and going to put it out, you know, and publish it. Excellent. And uh, definitely, uh, I mean, I definitely see that we have the right audience. Uh, people here that are listening to this uh, podcast would definitely love to hear more about other successful and, and semi-successful, um, I'm going to say entrepreneurs because, or business people, uh, because um, people, it's more than being just a Udemy instructor, right? And uh, that's what I want the audience to understand that, um, it's not just putting a course out there as being an, inst an instructor or a teacher. There's the whole business side that goes with that. And um, and uh, and I'm, I'm here to have people getting tips and tricks and how to get there and, and, you know, turn this passion into a business so that they can keep doing what they love. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of, you know, like what I do, too, um, in a different format on, on Blab is that you know, we want to share our experiences and other instructors' experiences to let people know that, you know, um, what I was thinking earlier when you were talking about, you know, um, some of the stuff that, that we've covered is mm -hmm. that in the studio a lot, you see people who 
uh, are frustrated because their numbers are down or whatever. And I just always like want to remind people, it's not Udemy's responsibility to bring us um, business. We put our courses on Udemy.com and they do their marketing or whatever. And we hope, you know, that it's going to uh, generate traffic for our courses. But it's our responsibility as instructors to market our courses in different places such as blogs or uh, course coupon websites and things like that. And you ask an instructor like, well, what are you doing to, to market your course? And they can't give you an answer. And I'm like, okay, that's why you're not doing a lot of business. And I'll admit, you know, my numbers were really good last year and they've dropped, but I'm doing a lot of other stuff that's picking up the slack um, while I'm not pushing uh, my Udemy courses as much. But if that's all you have in your basket, because we talked about earlier having different eggs in your basket, if it's just Udemy and Udemy's down because it's a slow month, which February might be a slow month, mm -hmm. then you're going to suffer from that. So you have to start thinking about where you can market your courses. And man, if somebody's an instructor out there and they don't have at least a blog, you have to seriously um, be reconsidering like why you're on Udemy. Because if you're teaching courses, it should be a natural that you're blogging. Right, I see what you mean in the sense that Courses is just, how do you call that? It's just one medium. Um, you need exactly. to be on multiple medium. You know, the, the, you have a message. Course, the, when you create a course, you're just putting this message in the, in a, in a, in a form of a course. But you can have this message anywhere else and you should. Um, and, uh, Dennis, you bring up a good point that, um, you need to think, to market yourself, not just your course, but yourself, your, your message, your identity. You need to mm -hmm. become an authority online, show that, you know, that you deserve to, to have people come to your, to your course and learn from it. Um, I can assure you that if tomorrow Bill Gates decides to create a course, you, and he puts it on Udemy, I can assure you that Udemy will create a special pro promotional announcement for that. So Udemy will do the, the marketing for it. But guess what? Because it's Bill Gates. He has a name out there, you know? Yeah. So if you if you somehow have a name out there or you made yourself so that you have a name out there, then Udemy will do all the work for you. But you have to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, you see other instructors out there like Rob Percival and, um, you know, like you had mentioned Bill Gates, but there are people out there like Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, Guy Kawasaki. Yes, and uh, Seth Godin, yes. Already. Yeah. But they, you know, some people like might not know who they are, but if you are in internet marketing or if you're in those circles, you know who, who those individuals are. And I, I completely understand why Udemy would be promoting those individuals because, you know, when that started, there were instructors who got frustrated, like, well, why are they like promoting them? And it's like, because those are the guys that are going to generate big dollars for them. That's You're right. not at this point, but um, you know, at some time, if you are, I'm sure Udemy would be happy to promote your courses. But until then, you've got to be doing that work. Um, because I can tell you that it's a whole lot better uh, on Udemy, even when they're not really pushing things. Because if you just like DennisJSmith.com, if I just put my courses up there, I would have to do a ton of work to generate the same type of income that I've generated so far with Udemy. Absolutely. Yes, you're saying that you're getting a lot of 
um, free traffic on Udemy already or lots of people looking at your course. Now, yes. and, that, and you're getting this for free just because you happen to have put your course on Udemy. And if Correct. you put your course on your website, it's just not going to happen. You, you're going to have to do even more work to get even the same amount of, uh, of traffic coming to look at your, more, even more, more time and more money into it also, right? Because you have to drive the traffic yourself now. Yeah, and there's other platforms, you know, out there like Teachable or right. uh, Skillshare or whatever. And my buddy Matt started Skillhands.com, which, okay. you know, for him to help instructors with their courses, you know, in a different uh, different website. And you can be on those other websites and hopefully traffic will come to you from that. But it's the same thing. You still have to push that. It's just another platform and you know, just depends on how much traffic is coming to their platform, or how well you've optimized your courses for Google to pick it up. When somebody does a search for WordPress marketing courses, hopefully you're going to come up on page one. Uh, if let's say you're on a platform like Teachable or or even Udemy, and for somebody to click on it and you know take your course. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, I don't want to take more of your time, uh, Dennis, but before you go, um, yeah. is there anything you'd like to talk about that we may not have mentioned here? I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I like to talk, but I like to be able to get good information out there to people who are listening. Yeah, so. you definitely did uh, bring a lot of value, that's for sure. Even for myself, uh, like I, I already put some you know, bullet points of what I'm going to be working on uh, uh, this coming week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to try like, the bonus section, you know, like adding the, uh, you know, taking a screenshot of the course and yeah. uh, put it as a, as a coupon there and see how it, how it performs. Yeah, me too, actually. I'm going to go put yeah. that on my to-do <laughs> to list because I've got now a list that's just for the week so that I can remember that these are key things that I need to get done. But I just wanted to say that, I mean, the easiest place to find me is is dennisjsmith.com but uh, if you want to find me on Udemy just type in Dennis Smith I, I don't think that there's a lot of instructors with the same name and I just want to remind instructors out there that the coupon websites like onlinecoursecoupons.com and one buck courses are free to for you to list your courses and there are many other ones out there but you've got to utilize those uh, sites out there and leave those coupons open. Don't let them expire because I am seeing people using coupon codes that I put out in places over a year ago, and that's income for me now. So when you shut off those coupons and you expire them and somebody comes to your course and they find out that it's expired, I think that you're going to have them more frustrated than anything, and the chances are they're not going to take your course. So um, utilize those coupon websites and, and don't let those coupons expire because somebody's going to use them at some point. Okay, excellent. You know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I haven't done it myself. Um, so I'll give it a shot. I'll take a couple of my courses and, and put it on your website and see how things go. All right? That sounds great, and I thank you for... Um, letting me come on today and chat with you. Thanks, Johan. You're very welcome. And uh, I wish you uh, good luck with the book. Please, whenever you finish writing it and you put it on the uh, on the uh, Kindle store or any other store that you put it in, please let me know. And uh, I'd love to have you on the show a little bit after and, and have a little chat, all right? That would be great. Thanks. All right. Thanks for everything, Dennis. You take care now. Thank you. Go to iosonlinecourses.com slash business. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you found any kind of value, please go to iTunes and rate this podcast and leave a review. More instructors will benefit from it. 